This week on Eurovangelists, Luxembourg is back for the first time in 30 years. Ireland needs to go Tobin or go home. And who will take the mantle over Lorene's win? All that and more on this week's Eurovangelist Guide to National Finals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Eurovangelists. I am Jeremy Bent. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I'm Dimitri Pompey. And we're talking countries, national finals that determine who they will send to the Eurovision final in May. Not every country does them, but a lot of countries do them and have been doing them for decades. And thankfully, we have the skinny on which ones are worth your time and which ones, hey, you could, <laughs> you know, you can just skip it. Look, you know me by now. <laughs> I think every national final is worth watching. Yeah, I well, understand yeah. people don't have, you know, f as much free time or more sanity than I do. Dimitri, you're the guy going, well, no, you got to watch Iron Man 2 because it sets up Iron Man 3. I legitimately love Iron Man 2. Oh, my so you <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you, you were right, Jeremy. <laughs> Saw it. Called it. I think I've done a pretty good job of containing myself at everyone's request. Okay. And for the right. For the good of the show. I, there are some national finals that are very accessible, especially for beginners. There are some that are opaque and there are some that are impenetrable. Okay, now... I'm someone who's never seen Eurovision. Maybe, dare I say, I've never heard of Eurovision. Let me ask y'all this. What the hell is a national final? Ooh, good cue. Oscar, good that's cue. a wonderful question. That's a wonderful question. I know, that's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've covered this briefly, but to get to Eurovision as an artist, you have to represent a country. And each country can decide in two ways, how they select who's going to represent them in Eurovision. Let's run through the loser method first. <laughs> the loser method. Sorry, let's run through the simpler method first. <laughs> the way I don't personally prefer, but has led to great success is an internal selection in which a group of officials running each country's Eurovision delegation, they get together, they say, artists of our nation, send us your songs. We'll listen to them. We'll let you know who wins. Our National Council of Good Pop Music will determine the best entry and we'll send that to Eurovision. Pretty much. Everyone calls their equivalent of Rick Rubin. And, you know, they sit in there, they deliberate between themselves, and the smoke comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. He listens for a couple hours and he's like, this one. This one. And it's also worth mentioning there's a bunch of big countries that do it that way. It's not like it's not a money thing necessarily, right? No, not at all. Some people just find that more effective. France has done it a lot. The UK has done it a lot. It's been less effective for them. The Dutch have done it. And once again, I should have done this in advance. I haven't broken down winners by internal selection versus national final i'm shocked that you haven't made this spreadsheet already wait but what we can do is probably create one and put it on our social media oh ah, that's a right. great idea let's do that yeah yeah we'll we'll have this ready for when this episode comes out dimitri's breakdown of which is the more successful approach internal selection or national final okay we've talked about internal selection blah boring done let's talk about the method where we get to see some great pop songs this is the way to do it, personally. The other option is called a national final, in which every country has their own internal contest, a, a mini Eurovision, and that is how they select their person, a contest in which artists submit their songs, the public and a jury vote on it after the artists perform live for the nation. They vote and they pick the winner from there. 
And what's great about national finals is in this age of the internet, even if you are not a citizen of the country, you can watch. You can watch from abroad. Time zones are a real bear to deal with, but you can <laughs> yeah, watch. Sure. But maybe maybe good brunch viewing. <laughs> I, I have had many an eggs benedict watching a national <laughs> final. Yum. Let me tell you that. Mm, okay, <laughs> we're talking about a pretty good morning here. And some national finals, even if you are not a citizen or even living in the country in question, you are able to vote. Oh, well, now we're talking. So we can get our voting experience built up before the Eurovision final. We'll sort of be ready to judge like, oh, I think I like this song. I'm not voting for this song. It's a great way to build that early investment. <laughs> what I love about national finals is that even the songs that don't win are amazing. Okay, some of them are. Sometimes there's a lot yeah, of I was gonna say, There's <laughs> Some songs have to lose and some songs were made to lose, I think. Absolutely. But there are some nations like Spain where even the songs that don't make it are pretty awesome. Dimitri has made a not good enough for the ESC, but good enough for me playlist from last year of songs that did well at the national final, but didn't make it to the Eurovision final. And I got to say, these songs are good. Some bangers in there. Sometimes you're listening to a song during a national final. It's like, this wouldn't do well at Eurovision, but I really like it. I'll also say some of those songs, I'm like, this would have left-sided for sure <laughs> like these are good songs see now now you're understanding why i love national finals so much because let's say you were rooting for a song during the national finals it doesn't win and the song that goes on to eurovision doesn't do well then you get to feel like a big shot and be like well obviously the song i liked would have done much better if it had gone to eurovision true you get a little you get invested yeah that makes sense to me one more thing i really enjoy about national finals is that they are drama factories. Mm. Oh, some of the greatest Eurovision drama hasn't even happened at Eurovision. It's happened before Eurovision. I'm talking Blanca of Poland last year mm. rigging the vote in her favor. I'm talking Alexander Reebok getting into a verbal argument with one of the uh, competitors in the Ooh, Belgian file, then spicy. tanking them. So Gustav won. Okay. Like, it's, it's wild. National final drama is no joke. Okay. You're getting me pretty hyped up for these national finals, Oscar. Oh my God, absolutely. But there's so many to watch. And Dimitri, I, I don't know if I have time to watch every single national final. If I'm new to Eurovision or I just want to like dip my toe in and say like, all right, I'm going to try one national final and see how I like it. Where should I start? Number one, you should watch all the national finals. But if you can't... It's a big ask to be. But I'm <laughs> a, a, a busy mother on the go. <laughs> I'm a young working professional. I want to have it all. Put one headphone on your on your ear and your baby's ear so you can both listen together. You can, it's fine. You can <laughs> I think a great place for people to start. Try the shows that are offered in English because they're designed for the widest possible audience. Easy to get into. Great. Yeah, let's start there. I think a very easy, low investment national final is Czechia's ESCZ. We will be calling it ESCZ in respect to America. <laughs> in respect to God's country, America. <laughs> um, it already happened. It occurred on uh, on the 4th of December. You can watch it on YouTube. It's available right now. They actually air it live on the, Eurovi on the Eurovision YouTube page. It's a little low rent. They don't spend a ton of cash, but it's accessible. Eurovision isn't especially popular in Czechia. Mm. Um, so in recent years, they've come up with the ESEZ model that caters more to the international audience more than the actual domestic audience. So that's why it's in English, I assume. It's in English. International voters have a greater share of the votes than Czech voters do. <laughs> Weird. Wild. 
because they want to go for international appeal. Yeah, when, well, when you think about it, it's like, well, Czechia doesn't get to vote for itself in Eurovision, so might as well make sure the rest of Europe likes your song. Absolutely. And look, it's worked really well. Look what happened with We Are Domi. Look what happened with Vesna. Both good songs. They've made it to the grand final twice in a row, which is Not bad. a big deal for a small nation. So the vote was interesting. There were some acts who were not ready to go to Eurovision. <laughs> there was one act that I very much wanted to go to Eurovision. Okay. Shout out to Midi with the amazing performance of Red Flag Parade. I, I love that, that song. I thought that was going to win. A different kind of potion. She's sweet, but she's poison. She's deeper than the ocean. The last without emotion. Not saying she's a witch. Everyone mm. thought that was going to win because, in my humble opinion, Mitty was the only performer that night who was Eurovision ready that I day. I fully agree. I fully agree. So, you've sort of already told on yourself uh, who won and what did you think of the song? <laughs> The international community went heavily in favor of a performer named Aiko. She wrote a song called Pedestal. It's very good uh, self-empowerment. Yeah, sure, yeah. I didn't quite like the song. I think I might agree with Dimitri. Oh, you didn't like the song either, Jeremy? No, I'm not crazy about it. Mm, 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 mm. I don't think it's a bad song. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. I'll tell you what. The song isn't bad. It's the performance that mm, I was like, okay, girl, what is going on here? <laughs> You're not ready to, what is this? This is not dress rehearsal. It just was not, <laughs> it was just not it for me. Like I heard a studio recording of it and I was like, much better. But singing it live, I was like, <gasps> yeah, the live singing no, was a it. little rough. That's what happened with a lot of the international voters. I don't think a lot of people who are I voting see. watched ESCZ. I think they listened to the oh, studio. Oh, I already heard the studio version. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But look, the Roxy, the club in Prague where they recorded, it's not like the best in terms of acoustics for a live show like Interesting. that. Interesting. And a member of the Czech delegation actually tweeted about this. Oh, and oh. in response What'd to criticism say? of Ico, he said, you said so about We Are Domi and Vesna. It won't qualify. It's a flop. It doesn't sound like the studio version and all caps he writes and we delivered every single time we have time to prepare and we have many resources for eurovision so let us do the job and enjoy the ride be happy and be kind you know what he shut us up he sure did that tweet was directed to me mm -hmm. <laughs> and honestly okay respect yeah Okay. I will withhold judgment until we see the semis. Absolutely. Based on the studio version, I know she can sing, so let's give her a chance. To, to Ico's credit, it's like, well, now you have four months to, mm. <laughs> as Oscar said, is like finish your dress rehearsal and get ready for like mm -hmm. the real show. I hope she comes out and crushes it. I was just so surprised because I was expecting the song that we just mentioned, but also there was a super famous artist that submitted this year. Yes, Lenny was Lenny. there. Lenny's very famous artist. She's worked with the Magic Dragons yeah. before. Like. And I was surprised Ooh. that Lenny did not win either. I, I think Dragons. she went with a different type. <laughs> I think she went with a different type of song. Than it was very ballady. Very, yes. It was very ballady, and it just didn't. It didn't even didn't when hit. You broke down the votes. It didn't resonate with the Czech or the international mm -hmm. audience compared to the winners. So. All I've ever been through, I was trying to show you I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Anything can happen more than you imagine. You know, that's maybe why you open it up. Yeah, that's true. 
your country doesn't like it, well, maybe people internationally like it. And if people internationally don't like it, maybe your home country is really proud of it. But if nobody likes it. Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. But definitely next year, if you're into Eurovision, give ESC Z a watch because you can vote in it. You are actually encouraged to vote. Yeah, we'll probably be making a lot of fuss about these national finals when they happen on our, our Twitter and on our, our Instagram accounts, which I believe are both Eurovangelists. That's right. Nice and easy. Other than, of course, the spelling of Eurovangelist. But I think if you put in Eurovan, you'll you'll probably get most of the way there. Yeah, don't follow Eurovans because that's just... <laughs> that's a different uh, account. That's a different account. And cool vans. <laughs> great vans. Great European vans, but not You're going to see very little pop music in those accounts is what I'll say. I will say as a grand overall suggestion, if people want to find the links to these contests as they're occurring in like a timely manner, head on over to Eurovisionworld.com and they have a calendar. So we go over to Eurovisionworld.com. They've got a calendar for all the national finals. I'm on there right now and I'm seeing, oh, cool. They have links in the calendar and I can just click straight through. How handy, how convenient. Easy to use. Very functional. Love it. So that's Czechia, ESCZ, my apologies, ESCZ. The rest of the world says Z. We're the only one. Yeah, but we're <laughs> we're the Eurovangelist. We could say ESCZ. So that's just the first of our 2024 national finals. And you can go watch it on YouTube right now. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got national finals that you can watch happen live all throughout the next few months before the grand final in May. Woohoo! We'll see you in a bit. From the twisted minds that brought you the adventure zone, balance and amnesty and graduation and ether sea and steeplechase and ultra space and all the other ones. The McElroy brothers and dad are proud to reveal a bold vision for the future of actual play podcasting. It's um it's called the Adventure Zone versus Dracula. Yeah, we're gonna kill Dracula's ass. We're gonna, well, we're gonna attempt. We haven't recorded all of it yet. We will attempt to kill Dracula's ass. The Avengers Zone versus Dracula. Yes, a season I will be running uh, using the D and D Fifth Edition uh, rule set. And there's two episodes out for you to listen to right now. We hope you will join us. Same bat time, same bat channel. For, for bats. More I see what you did there. Welcome back to the Eurovangelist Guide to National Finals, Dimitri. I've gone back. I've watched ESCZ, and I got to say, I had fun. Load me up another one of these national finals. What else you got? Well, by the time this comes out, you can actually watch these, the, the, the everything after this, live. So Now we're talking. Okay. All right. One of the hottest acts in town, Finland's national final. And I'm so sorry to the Finnish people. I've tried so <laughs> much. I tried. I practiced. I tried. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's, ooh, uh, Oscar and I are ready. Let's get it. The Finnish national final is called Uden Musikin Kilpail. There's no way that's right. That's not even close. That's not correct. That's why we call it the UMK. Okay. Right. Okay, the, there we go. The coward's way out, UMK. <laughs> <laughs> the UMK, it started off in 2012. It wasn't that big of a deal. But recently, it has had a major glow up. What I like most about the UMK is that it is easily the most accessible of all the Eurovision national finals. Now, what makes you say that? Well, not only can you watch it on the national broadcaster's website anytime you want, the last year's contest is still there. It is available in eight languages. All right. What languages are we talking? Those languages are Finnish. Sure. English. All right. Swedish. Hmm. Russian. Hmm. Two versions of the Sami language. Oh, these sort of native Finnish uh, language. Yes, sure. Absolutely. Ukrainian 
and mm. Finnish Sign Language. And oh, I will tell you this. We love that. If you watch a the UMK and you really watch you really like a song, go back and find the sign language commentary. We should link to the cha 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 Finnish sign language commentary. Uh, uh, it's so good. I will say one of my favorite things to watch is when you see sign language interpreters of hip hop artists. <laughs> Absolutely. They're incredible. Well, they're artists in and of themselves, you know. They're doing a performance as well. So I remember in college, I saw a Shakespeare in the Park in Boston Common, and it was a night where they had sign language interpreters, and it was, I think it was Henry V. I'm like, that's a long-ass play. <laughs> and two guys did the entire show. Wow. That's incredible. That's a lot of work. You can't do a Shakespearean history with just two actors. I mean, you, I'm sure somebody has, with just two actors, but that's an insane amount of work. Mm -hmm. So not only do they have to memorize an entire Shakespearean play, then they also have to sign it and perform it so people know what's going on. It's, it was wild. True artist, like Oscar said. I completely agree, Oscar. It's like sign language interpretation is like its own art. You know, a lot of these national finals we're talking about and being available in different languages, I, almost all of this is like, you know, 10 years ago, not an option at all. Finland is well ahead of the game. Kudos to Finland for making their national final so accessible, both in their own country with sign language and having native language uh, subtitles as well. But like, that's really cool. Way to go, Finland. It's clear that the UMK is the hot ticket in town. They do one final. Some of these do semis. They do one final. It's aired online and on the local broadcaster TV. Voting occurs on the same night of the contest. It's split 75% public vote and 25% in favor of an international jury. The countries on the international jury last year were Australia, Germany, Poland, Spain, Sweden, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. They're trying to feel out, you know, what are some major trends? So I, an American viewer, cannot vote in this, but they are taking sort of uh, external European feedback. Absolutely correct. You can't vote, but you can watch. You're going to have a great time. Everything that is on the UMK is either incredibly good, incredibly bizarre, or both. Now you speak in my language. The fun thing about Finland is that they have a track record of submitting some very unique <laughs> songs. Yeah, I mean, we do, let's talk about Lordy winning the 2006 year. If, any, if anyone is like Lordy, it's going to be a good show. And listen... If last year's an example, you're either getting a really fun, crazy song about drinking pina coladas or hot-ass Viking men singing powerful <laughs> ballads. Yes. So it's the win-win, you know? You can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't this go truly wrong. sounds like there's this is a no-lose scenario watching UMK. <laughs> Let me lay out here for Eurovision newbies who might not know who Lordy is. I will say Lordy was perhaps my very first Eurovision experience because that was like, 2006 right that's yes. correct so it was early enough whereas like i didn't really know about eurovision but because of the internet i saw a video of their performance and i was like oh this looks kind of rad actually because lordy is a finnish hard rock band who for every performance dresses in like really insane movie quality monster makeup and they won with a song called Hard Rock Hallelujah, which I highly recommend you YouTube, not Spotify, YouTube, my friend, to experience the full visual element of Lordy. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Hard. You can 
play a game during the UMK because they always ask the participants, you know, who inspired you? Count how many times a UM, the UMK acts say that Lordy inspired them. Virtually everyone, they're, they're national heroes. So. Yeah, I, they were a big deal. What I love most about Lordy is like every year they perform with every album they put out, everyone in the band is just older and more decrepit every time. Like Mr. Lordy's, Mr. Lordy's beard has gotten really gray. He's gotten a little wider as the years have gone on. <laughs> the parts are falling off the other monsters. He really wants to show they're aging. Which, you know, for Lordy, it still works. Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of arcade. It's all right if that happens. So UMK, highly recommend. There's one contest that I am very excited about. What contest are we talking about? We are talking about Luxembourg's long-awaited return to the Eurovision contest. 30 years they've been out of the contest. Last entry was, two, was a 1993. Now they're back. It's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, but I, I I have to ask, as the as the Eurovision noob here, so, like, why does a country like Luxembourg say for 30 years, like, nah, we're not going to do Eurovision. And then this year be like, we're back, baby. Eurovision's expensive. And Luxembourg is a small nation of very rich people. I can simply speculate that for a number of years, given that Eurovision is publicly funded, some people who are very wealthy and may not, may not, may be a bit more, how do we say, interested in where their tax dollars are going, might have said, nah. I got a yacht to buy, man. Let's not let's not do this thing. And I can only speculate that after Russia and Belarus got kicked out, the EBU wisely wants to increase viewership. So they got the rest of the world voted. I imagine that appeals were made to Luxembourg saying, hey, you've won five times. People want you back. We've wanted you back for 30 years. It's also wild to me that they have won five times, putting them in the like most winning Eurovision nations. And they just were like, yeah, we're good. We won five. We're, we're good. We'll just sit. Well, I think it's important to note that Luxembourg has won many, many times. But this was like before the spectacle of mm -hmm. Eurovision. This was before 1974. ABBA totally flipped the script and it turned Eurovision into like a performance uh, show as well. Mm, Luxembourg really knows how to craft a song. And a lot of it is a lot of standards that won. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm very curious to see what they bring out. If it is something more typical to Luxembourg's trajectory and winning records, is it going to be like a subtle little song, a beautiful little song? Or is it going to be a big old production value song? I I'm just very, very, very interested. To my experts here, when's the last time Luxembourg won? Uh, 1983. Oh, yeah. La Vie Cadeau. Yes, yes. It's an 80s power ballad, if you've ever heard one. Okay. She comes, she's like wearing a pink power suit. <laughs> it. It's like the most 80s song ever of all time. honestly a good time for ballads a lot of great power ballads on the radio and from what i understand in eurovision as well mm -hmm. absolutely back when it was about a great song luxembourg had the game now i will say that's not to say that luxembourg doesn't know how to put on a performance perhaps oscar you remember le papa penguin oh my god <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> 
Are we saying the performance has to be good? <laughs> uh, I believe you have shown me uh, this I video. have shown you Le Papa For our listening audience who has never heard this song before, we will link it. Basically, like it is a song about... Ever it's seen. A, and it came in ninth. That is wild. It did, it did very well. It did very well. Oh it's a song God. about a penguin who wants to travel, and then he realizes that home is where the heart is. But the performance is these two twins come out in these David Bowie era spacesuits. <laughs> Like the shoulder pads could like cut your head off and they're dancing around, singing a little bit. And then a, a grown ass man in a penguin costume comes out and he starts singing and dancing with them. At one point, they turn around and give him a spanking. This sounds fully deranged. It's majestic. It's perfect in every way. So Luxembourg, uh, the song contest is eight competitors this year. It's very interesting because... A lot of these people have second jobs, like all their bios are like a musician and a teacher or a, a musician and a former circus performer. That's fun. This reminds me of the Olympics, though, because most Olympic athletes, it's like being an Olympic athlete cannot be like you cannot be a full time like luge guy. You know, you can't be a full time like javelin dude. But like if you're really good at it, you construct your life around such a way and get that Wheaties box. You get that Wheaties box. <laughs> and then maybe you can be a Javelin dude for like two years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've got uh, two advertising agents. We have a sound engineer. We have a French teacher. Um, I don't. Very few of these people, I believe, are actually just straight up musicians, which is great. Look, I love that. I've worked many a boring job in my life. You have to have some creative outlet or else you're going to lose your bloody mind. Not so. me. I've only worked incredibly exciting, <laughs> engaging jobs at all times. <laughs> All of these Luxembourg folks, I'm rooting for you. I hope you become a, a Europe-wide superstar. Unless you're a really good French teacher, we need, we need good teachers everywhere. We need a lot of them. So. Yeah. The first in 30 years. I'm excited. I can't even tell who it's going to be. I hope they do the Papa Penguin 2.0. I'm here for it. Fingers crossed we see some feathers fly at the Luxembourg National Final. Do penguins have feathers? I gotta assume they're birds, right? But do they have feathers? This podcast is not qualified to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like what else would they yeah, have? Yeah, I'm gonna go out feathers? on a limb and say yes, they have feathers. They don't look like I they know do. they don't look like they do. Wait, what does a penguin look like? <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna be on my phone. There's an ornithologist listening right now who is screaming. Who is like, obviously, <laughs> obviously they do or don't have feathers. <laughs> well, while Asker's looking that up, I will mention that Luxembourg will be uh, in French and it will have an English commentary track as well. What's the verdict, Oscar? Okay, turns out penguins do have feathers and they have more feathers than other birds. Whoa! Oh, I so it's a very it's coming. a very dense feather coverage. Yes, so that's why it doesn't look like feathers. They gotta have those feathers. It's cold. It's cold as heck. Okay, so it sounds like we'll have to see Luxembourg's final to believe it. And if you're watching live on January 26th, international viewers will be able to vote for their favorite online, making it all the more enticing for national final newbies. I cannot wait. Arguably, I'm more excited for this one than any other national final, which is a great segue for the English language final that I thought I would be the least excited for until they pulled a fast one on me at the last minute. Normally, this final is dreadful. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Ooh, oops, okay. We uh, drinking a little haterade right now? It's not haterade when there's nothing worth liking. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Ooh. Oh, 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 okay. But that's not the case this year. Well, that's a relief. I'm as shocked as you are because I didn't know it was going to happen, and I think they might be back. Astute listeners will will know that I'm talking, of course, about the Irish national selection Euro song hosted by the Late Late Show. Ireland hosts its national final on a special episode of a late night comedy talk show. What? <laughs> Why did they do that? They found it to be the most cost efficient way to do it. It has presented a lot of problems. We we'll talk about Ireland another time. We need a whole episode to break down Ireland's both like dominance and then non-dominance. You can say decline. You can say decline. Yeah, yeah, decline since the nineties. Cause I mean, just based off my experience with last year's entry, I was like, <laughs> guys, I don't know who's running the show over there, but you gotta write the ship. Let me put it to you this way. Every year I watch the late late show national final, and every year I regret it. Oops. This is the Late Late Show hosted by Craig Kilborn. Oh, my God. I'd be watching that. <laughs> I love Craig I Kilborn. Think, I think Craig Kilborn could get a better song for Ireland than what they're doing <laughs> over there with the with their version of the Late Late Kilborn Show. Kilborn himself singing. <laughs> now, that, now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. Ireland? Think about it. Craig Kilborn, he's clearly a native son of Ireland. Now, usually Eurosong Island has six songs, and usually one is decent and five are horrendous. This time, the spread's a little different. Okay. One song is horrendous. Three songs are all right. Two songs are pretty good. And I would say one song is absolutely phenomenal. Okay. All right. You're, you're getting us excited here. We're not going to talk about it yet. We only have to wait a week to talk about Eurosong, so we'll, we'll save it for next week surprising even myself i will urge you to watch the late late show you're a song ireland special it is this friday january 26th but you can find that on the late late show with craig kilborn <laughs> he he wishes all right so ireland might be back this year gotta watch to find out what you got for us next dimitri i am so excited to talk about the most hyped national final of every year Every Eurovision fan knows the must-see national final on your calendar is Sweden's Melody Festivalen, Melfest, yes. We're talking Melfest, baby. Melfest is one of the oldest contests. It started in 1959. Hey, that's only a few years after Eurovision itself. Melfest is the most popular of all the national finals. It's a must-see event on everyone's calendar. It is the most beloved television event in Sweden, more so than Eurovision itself. Mm. Mm. In 2023, 3.4 million Swedes watched the Melfest national final. Same year, 2.7 watched Eurovision. Okay. Big difference. Yeah. So what makes Melfest work is, like all the best national finals, it operates as a Eurovision for Swedes. Like, we are preparing sure. you for the big time. And the results speak for themselves. Only one Melfest winner, one, has failed to qualify for the Eurovision Grand Final. It was poor Anna Bergendahl in 2010, and she only missed it by five points. So that's just off the top of my head, 65 years, including this year, of Melfest, and they've had one who didn't make it to the grand final? That's it. Uh, pretty good. That makes sense because Swedes invented music. <laughs> <laughs> Famously. 
Before Sweden, it was all stomp. <laughs> it was all stomp. <laughs> Just trash can lids. What I like about the format of Melfest is it's very data-driven. There are five preliminary rounds. They air weekly. Basically, the top two of every round advance to the final on March 9th. Each round consists of six songs. The third and fourth place go to a separate last chance runoff vote. Oh, that's the last fun. One. So even if you don't, if you don't make it to that top two, your chance isn't over yet. Out. You get another yeah. vote. Oh, that's You get fun. one more chance. After that, you go off to the final. And this is where it gets really interesting. The public vote is sorted into eight different groups. Most of the groups are done by age. These are the seven categories. Okay. Voters three to nine. Wow. Really? You're never too young to vote. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Voters 10 to 15. Wow. Voters 16 to 29. Voters 30 to 44. Okay. I think we're all currently in that age group. <laughs> yeah, that's us. That's us. Except for Oscar, who's, of course, 16 to 29. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I'm three to eight. <laughs> <laughs> three to nine, Oscar. You have an extra year, man. <laughs> goo goo gaga. <laughs> Put a pin in that because I have something just for you, Oscar, oh, in a second. <laughs> okay, great. Voters 45 to 59. Voters 60 to 74, and then everyone over 70, 75 and over. Your real Centrum Silver crowd. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a life alert, that's your category. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> and if you don't want to be segregated by age, you can just vote by telephone, and all the telephone votes are the last category. I love that. That's a very weird but fun way to do that. Well, it's impolite to ask for your age. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. When you've lied to your partner about your age, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to vote by oh, telephone. I'll call, I'll call it in. I'll call it in. That's fine. <laughs> Why would you lie to your partner about your age? <laughs> Dimitri, in what universe? <laughs> yeah, how long can you keep that up, Dimitri? Yeah, I never, I never said I was an honorable man. <laughs> so each of these vote, each of these groups gets their own 12 to 1 voting system. Wow, okay. They give three to nine-year-olds that level of power. You've segued perfectly, Jeremy, because <laughs> I realized last year that I have more in common with Swedish children aged three to nine than anyone else because every <laughs> other age group gave Laureen douze points. The three to nine-year-olds gave her one point. Wow. Honestly, wow. three to nine-year-olds, let's, I didn't see the other acts, but that's pretty rough. They like what they like. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of great acts. Now, they released the the people who will be performing this year, and a lot of them have Melfest experience. 14 of the 30 competitors this year have performed in Melfest before. Wow, okay. So we got a real, like, murderer's row showing up this year. Absolutely. Uh, here are a couple of them uh, of note. The duo who came in second last year's, at last year's Melfest, Marcus and Martinus, uh, they finished second to Loreen. They will be back this year. They're out for blood. Now with Loreen out of the way, we can, they're like, we can take it this time. We got this. <laughs> A Melfest legend, Danny Sosedo, will be back. This will be his fourth Melfest. He came in second in 2011. He lost to uh, one of our least favorite Eurovision songs, Popular. You guys remember Popular? Thank you. I will be popular. I will be popular. I'm gonna get I hate it. Oh, no, no. I hate it. I hate it. I hate, it. I hate, it. <laughs> I hate that song. He came back the next year, finished second at Melfest 2012 to Loreen. 
Yikes. This poor guy. He can't catch a break, and he finished seventh in 2021 with his best song, Dandi Dansa. I love that song so much. I can't believe it didn't do better, but Donnie Sasato will be back. Who knows? Maybe he'll win this time. Maybe. Another competitor of note is the legendary K-pop writer, Kaziopia. People have said about her, she's so famous, like, you don't need Melfest. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, so like she's writing for K-pop bands. She's fine. <laughs> she's done a lot of great hits for Red Velvet, if you're into the K-pop scene. Heck yes! <laughs> now, here's an interesting thing. There was the much maligned American Song Contest, which was absolutely horrible. Bluff. Uh, yeah. We'll do an episode on American Song Contest eventually. We have, to. Uh, we have to. I'm not looking forward to it, is what I'll say. <laughs> it's going to be a hard time, man. So the winner of that of that contest was a girl named Alexa. Cassiopeia wrote a song for Alexa called Tattoo. What makes this very interesting is that Cassiopeia wrote another song called Tattoo. It's that tattoo. Whoa. She wrote the winning song Tattoo last year. Okay. So she wrote the winning song last year and she's like, okay, now I'm going to compete. Yeah, this will be her second time competing. She competed again in 22, I believe. Yeah, it was, tw- it was 22. Uh, didn't do great. I think she, she she was in the top 10. Didn't do great. But she is uh, she's coming back. She's like, I, I won as a writer. I want to win as a performer. Yeah, clearly has the chops in terms of songwriting. I just hope her song for this year will be Tattoo. Tattoo. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. Cassiopeia, I know you're not listening to this and you've probably already finished your song, but Change it to tattoo. Please change it to tattoo. Rule of threes, come <laughs> I'm on. begging you. From a comedy perspective, you have to do this. You have to. <laughs> the last person I want to talk about at Melfest, this is a legendary performer. Her name is Daughter. It's the Swedish word for daughter. daughter. She's, okay. a ve- she's, she's a vegan. <laughs> she sees herself as a, the, the daughter of the earth. Anytime she enters Melfest, this will be her fourth time. She's always projected to win. She's incredibly popular. She's a great artist. So famous. So talented. Her songs are fantastic. She has never won Melfest. Never. There's a bit of Melfest lore called the Daughter Dam Saga that happened in (laughs) 2020 and 2021. Basically, it goes like this. Daughter announces she's competing in Melfest. And Eurovision this year is being held in Rotterdam. So all of her fans start saying, well, it's inevitable. Not only is she great, but the name matches. We're going to Daughterdam. They start calling it Daughterdam. Yeah, okay. Daughter writes this incredible song called Bulletproof. The performance is killer. Please look this up. We should link to it. It's we'll such it. a great performance. It's really good. I'm not Everyone's projecting daughter to win. She loses by one point to the mamas. I see also that Bulletproof is a number one song in Sweden. I still listen to it. People are still listening to it. It's a great song. Lost Mm. by one point to the mamas. But then Eurovision's canceled because of COVID. So next year, daughter's like, I'm coming back. And all our fans are like, we got a second crack at Daughterdam because it's still going to be in Rotterdam. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Daughterdam part two. Okay, cool. The campaign for Daughterdam continues. (laughs) Daughter gets up there. She writes this incredible song called Little Tot. She's basically warning her child, don't be like my generation, like save the world, stop hurting it the way we did. Little 
song absolutely rips. It's fantastic. She comes in fourth. Interestingly enough, she loses by one point Ugh. to the mamas. <laughs> I'm also seeing that Little Tot was a top three song. So these are these are hits for sure. She is a brilliant songwriter. She's a brilliant performer. She's always projected to win, and she just can't cross that finish line. But now that the mamas aren't around, maybe <laughs> she can do it. Well, for her sake, I hope so. But it sounds like she's got some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, there are some real there's some real champions in this one. A lot of people that we can't cover because of time. But these are we have some big heavy hitters. This is, Melfest this year is going to absolutely rip. I will say there's a Melfest phenomenon that I've noticed in my personal life. Every year there is a one act in Melfest. It is very clearly designed for the older demographic. <laughs> you got to get that 75 the plus block. Crowd. <laughs> they're, they're always the Leaf Alerton crowd. <laughs> Can you say I've fallen and I can't get up in Swedish? <laughs> no, I'm that I want to text. Okay, so I had to pronounce UMK, but you can't say I've fallen, but I can't. I'm get not up the Swedish. expert How here, tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, you got me. Every year there's this one song. It's clearly designed for the old set. They're performing old schlager songs. For all of our fans who are not uh, experts in German popular music, what is schlager music? Are you telling me the term schlager is not globally <laughs> ubiquitous? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I don't think so. Okay. Oscar, you a, you a schlager guy? What did you call me? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so schlager is a German word, but it's not particularly a German style. It's all over Europe at this point. I mean, it's basically like pop music, but with like an oompa instrumentation. You know, you'll get okay. a saxophone there. Very lightweight lyrics. When you say oompa, what do you mean? Because I'm just, I'm just picturing an oompa loompa. <laughs> <laughs> is it Oompa Loompa music? Is that what we're talking about? It's just the Oompa Loompa theme song in different languages. <laughs> Let's say you're at Oktoberfest and you're hearing like the live band playing. Like, you're talking your, your tuba guy doing like a boom, boom, boom. Exactly, exactly. Oompa Loompa. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> so take that style of music and mix it with pop music, and then you have schlager. Okay, so it's kind of somewhere between, like, in an American context, somewhere between, like, 70s, like, AM gold kind of pop and, like, big band-styled standards somewhere in there. Ooh, that's good. I think a really good example of what schlager music is these days came in Melfest 2022 when Donna Strohead uh, performed with Hullabaloo as his entry. That's a good example of what we're talking about here. Okay, well, now we got the whole story. All right, moving on. It's always these old guys, and I absolutely love it. And it always gets a little further than it should have. By looking at the list that I just sent you, can you tell which of these guys is going to be the old guy act that I love this year? Okay, old guy act. This is all young people with very complicated hair. <laughs> you sounded so old saying that, Jeremy. Oh, oh, I found it. <laughs> Lasse Stefans and his band of boys look like they might be aiming for the older crowd here. I, I haven't even heard the song. Don't know what it is. I guarantee I'm going to love it. I'm going to be the only one under 70 who does, <laughs> but I guarantee that I'm going to love it. But it's going to be on Carnival Cruises leaving from <laughs> Stockholm for years to come. Whip out the limbo stick, everybody. It's Lasse <laughs> Stefans and his uh, band of boys. I love it. 
It's going to be a great one. I'm 41. I shouldn't be this ageist. <laughs> <laughs> that is Melfest in a nutshell. It's going to absolutely rip. And that concludes our list of the English language national finals. Wow. It sounds like we're going to see a lot of good pop music. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Dimitri's going to tell us about the national finals that might be more of a deep cut. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, we've heard about a bunch of fun national finals that we can watch easily online. We're talking Czechia's ESCZ, Finland's UMK, Sweden's Melfest. But let's say I've watched all those. My thirst for Eurovision is unquenchable. Is there more? You want a little more. You want to try something outside of the, la the English language sphere, which I highly encourage. Even if you don't understand everything that's happening, as Eurovision says, music is an international language that we all speak. So... These are not in English, but they're also very accessible. The links to watch them are readily available on both YouTube and or the National Broadcasters website. Plus, we'll be telling you about them because we like them. Spain's Benidorm Fest will be uh, January 30th through February 2nd this year. It is new on the block. It, this will only be the third edition of Benidorm. Every song at Benidorm is usually amazing. I will say you have sent me multiple songs from Benidorm 2023, and I was like, these are really good. <laughs> I keep a list. We've talked about this. I keep a list of <laughs> national final songs that didn't win. You truly keep a million Eurovision-related lists, but continue. <laughs> I, I would like to say I do listen to other music. <laughs> I, I swear I do. How but do you I, have the time? Yeah, when? <laughs> when, Dimitri? There's always time, guys. You just have to abandon any real responsibilities, don't love anyone, and think only of yourself, and you can have all the time you want. <laughs> oh, this is a good strategy. But... I have a big list of all my favorite national final songs throughout the years that didn't make it. It's an ongoing list. I add to it as the years go by and as I find old national final songs. Anyway. And you, you re-rank. I do. Until this year, my favorite national final song that didn't make it, or let's say pre-selection, because it wasn't in a national final. Sure. It was okay. a song that would have gone to Eurovision. It was from the UK. It was the New Seekers. You might have heard them from I Like to Teach the World the Saying That's Them. They wrote a song called Tell Me in 1982 that I think is incredible. I love that song so much. You gotta tell me. Until this year, if you'd asked me, what's the best song that never made it to Eurovision? I would have said, tell me. Nothing since 1982, in my opinion. This is just me. Literally since my birth, there has been no <laughs> new song that you thought was more deserving to go to Eurovision that didn't go. That changed this year, my friend. <laughs> Benidorm Fest this year had up and down the chain. Banger after banger after banger. But Vico came out with a song called Nochentera. It's basically a love layer to the 1980s. 
And this song is easily, in my opinion, the best song that never made it to Eurovision. And it hurts me to say that because I love Blanca Paloma. I think she did a great job with Ea. Nochentera would have absolutely torn the house down. What's the vibe of it? It's just like a party song, but it is super fun. The video is great. Easily would have been top ten. I would even easily say it would top, been top ten. Five. Yeah, and I'm and probably top five. It would not have beaten Lorene. I don't think it would have beaten Lorene either, but I do think it would have done really well. Sorry, I'm too busy grooving. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. No, it's... Keep in mind, a song of that quality came in third. I did look up Nochentera after you sent it to me, and I saw that it went five times platinum in Spain. So, like, she's doing okay. She's doing all right. I would argue not winning Eurovision is the best thing that ever happened to Vico. So uh, this third edition of Benidorm, the songs are out. The first semi is on January 30th. The second semi is on February 1st. And the final is on February 3rd. So we will be talking about the full Benidorm Fest soon. Yes, we'll give you the full Benidorm experience. I have already gone through and rated my favorite songs. <laughs> I believe there are 16 out right now. Wow. There's nothing on Vico's level, but there are some really great songs. There are some great artists. I'm a big fan of Angie Fernandez. She has a great song. <laughs> There's too many to name, but we'll get to it. Yeah, can't wait. And if you wanna, if you wanna be up on Benidorm, we'll post a playlist of all the Benidorm songs that have been announced, so you can take a listen and be ready, or watch Benidorm be surprised for the first time. Whatever you want to do. So I noticed Benidorm Fest is not the only national final happening on February third. That's right. No, Norway's Melody Grand Prix, uh, their final is also on February 3rd. The semis are actually ongoing now. If links are available, we'll post them. There's a lot of great artists going on. There's, as always, Norway's bringing the heat. I can't wait to see who goes to the final, and I can't see to, I can't wait to see who's going to win because a lot of, lot of good stuff. I always feel affection for Norway because, in part, my family is Norwegian, but then mm. also... Norway is kind of responsible for me like really falling in love with Eurovision because Subwoofer oh. was the first act where I was like, oh yeah, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it truly got me. I was like, I don't care what else happens. I'll watch everything. I'll watch everything <laughs> just to see how this does. What I love so much about the Norwegian final is like it's not on the level of Melfest, but they have a really good habit of finding amazing interval acts while people are voting. Last year, they had Subwoofer unmask during their interval act. Just pro showmen across the board. So who were they? You know, even someone who's been steeped in Eurovision for as long as I have, I barely know who these guys were. So it's a big <laughs> deal in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big deal in Norway, but like the rest of us, it's like that episode of Justice League Unlimited where like the Flash and Lex Luthor switch bodies and Lex Luthor's just having a terrible time being the Flash. He's like, well, this day has sucked, but at least I'll know this Flash's secret identity. He rips the mask off and he's like, I have no idea who the hell this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's very similar. We'll we'll talk more about Subwoofer when we uh, inevitably do a 2022 recap. Uh, one previous year, they had Alexander Reebok, my favorite. I know you're a Reebok guy. Fairy tale. I'm in love with a fairy tale, even though 
Oscar has Loreen, I have Alexander Rebuck. He did a medley of a bunch of Eurovision songs back to back to back to back at, during uh, a Norwegian Grand Final Interval Act, and it was just an incredible performance. The best part about Oscar being a Loreen fan and you being an Alexander Rebuck fan is that I know you're not crazy about Loreen, but I also happen to know that Oscar is not crazy about Alexander Rebuck. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Greatest, I one think of the he's overhyped, but that's just my opinion. No, no you're, you're 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 actually properly hyped. Also. You should be you should be underhyped. You know? But this is my favorite thing about Eurovision, where it's like put ten Eurovision fans in a room and you'll have thirteen opinions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. it. Now we're gonna cover Norway's Melody Grand Prix in full in a couple weeks when we know all the finalists. But Dimitri, you have indicated to me that there is a lot of drama this year in Norway. Yes. Absolutely. As of this recording, there has been two semifinals. The third is coming up. The first one went by with relatively little drama. The second one had, uh, it was a drama bomb. It mm. was, there's so much drama. I didn't want to get to it until we talk about the whole MGP. So suffice to say, give me a minute. I still need to decompress from what I saw wow. yesterday. Someone's being a real MGP tease here. <laughs> <laughs> one, one could argue that the voters were also MGP teases, but we're going to cover the MGP in full in just a little bit. Give us an episode or two. I can't wait. This sounds tantalizing. Another one I can recommend is uh, Estonia's Estilau. I checked with Google many times to make sure I got okay, that good. right. Estilau. Uh, it's in Estonian. What they like to do, they want to make sure this is the most Estonian contest possible. There are specific rules about your song has to be written by an Estonian. Only Estonians can enter. You have to prove your citizenship X, Y, or Z. They really want to make this one for the people. I do sort of appreciate that because I know a lot of Eurovision is like kind of anyone can write the song and that's all well and good. But like when you're sending your country to Eurovision, it should be representing your country's artistic voice in some way. I agree. I absolutely agree. Plus, if you're an Estonian songwriter, you're like, listen, how many I got to fight off every songwriter in Europe for this competition. <laughs> there was a time in which only Estonian written songs were allowed to perform in Estilau. These days, 50% of the writers have to be Estonian. Okay, all right. What I like about Estilau the most is like the musical diversity is pretty good. They kind of bill it as like it's alternative Melfest because Melfest, you're going to get a lot of pop It's very songs. poppy, yeah. Estilau, you'll get country, you'll get you'll get some rock and roll, you'll get some ethno bop, electro pop, you'll get, there's all sorts of great music in Estilau. I highly recommend. It's a real fun watch, even if you don't speak Estonian. Okay. We have the final. It's coming up on February 17th. Songs are available. They've been available for months now. As always, a wonderful, eclectic selection. Estonia has been bringing the heat for years now. I'm going to make a prediction. Ooh. In the next 10 years, Estonia will win Eurovision again. Oh! <gasps> They've only won it once before. They've only won it once with that amazing song. You know, that song that Jeremy and I are going to do at karaoke one oh day. Oh, my Every, God. Everybody. Jeremy, get those knees ready because they're going to be wobbling all over the place. <laughs> well, I got to go listen to this song. In 2001, <laughs> Estonia wins with this song that can basically be described as like the song the in a buddy cop movie where the two cops finally become friends and get wasted sure, and like sure. sing about how they're friends now. Like 
the oldest competitor in Eurovision history yeah. is a man named Dave Benton. He was 50 and some months wow. when he won. He's a, he's a black, he's the only black Eurovision winner of all time. Mm -hmm. And he paired up with a younger white guy who, uh, whose name escapes you at the moment. Um, and they <laughs> sang a song together and won, even though that song was incredibly corny, that, but I still like it. Come on, everybody, let's sing along and feel the power of a song. Come on, everybody, let's feel the power and always let's win in our hearts. Come on, everybody, let it out and leave the moment. Hey. It won Eurovision, so how bad could it be? You can call them names, you can call them old-fashioned, you can call them lame, but you know what you gotta call them? Winners. Winners. Wow. I can't wait to see what Estonia's got for us. We will, of course, be talking about the Estonian final uh, once it happens on February 17th, right? That is correct. Okay. And continuing our, our tour of Slavic national finals... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I I really wanted to do some non-Western Europeans for this list, so yeah, no, which we appreciate. Everyone who's who I'm talking about is worth your respect, and I think Serbia's new contest. Oh God, I didn't practice this one. <laughs> oh, this uh, this looks like a real challenge round for you, Dimitri. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Serbia's contest is called Pesma za Eurovision. Okay, all right, that sounded close. That's good. That sounded that was close. Good. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> it's another one of the newer contests. Uh, it started in 2022. This one is incredibly well produced. It is a very well done show. And for a competition that's that new, to consider your 2022 win winner was Constructa, like, amazing. One of the greatest Eurovision songs of all time. A top five finish with a brilliant, well-written, meaningful Fantastic song. song. Loved it. <laughs> You'll see all sorts of great music at, uh, at, the, at the Serbian contest. You'll see opera. You'll get those ethno-bops that I love so much. You'll get these deep, full, thoughtful songs about Serbian healthcare. It's always very entertaining. The staging is always dynamic. I mean, they gave us Luke Black and Konstratka. I mean, this is a great contest. You know, regardless of how you even feel about those songs... The performance of both of those songs, fantastic. Undeniable. Truly. A, a stage show par excellence. One more contest I'd like to talk about before I <laughs> complain about one. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh. If you have watched all these national finals, you're like, I can handle anything. Like, I got I, this. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Keep them coming. I, can, I just love national finals. This is the hard mode national final. Okay. <gasps> Boss level. If you're feeling squirrely, you can <laughs> okay. put on Italy's Sun Remo. Okay. Uh, I have never finished a San Remo. Wow. Professor Eurovision can't finish a San Remo. They're really good. They're really good. It's, uh, it started in 1951. It is the granddaddy of Eurovision. So it, it predates Eurovision. It's the prototype. It's in Italian. It's only in Italian, and it will only be in Italian forever. <laughs> so this, to me, seems like if this spawned Eurovision, shouldn't this be the best? Shouldn't this be amazing? What's so bad about it? It's not that it's bad. It is amazing. It's that it is a gauntlet. It is not a competition to find the best Eurovision act. It is a competition to prove that you are the most Italian person who ever lived. Okay. So the contest takes place over five nights, and each night is six hours long. Wow, baby. <laughs> You said you wanted music? Well, here you go. <laughs> That's intense. It's changed a lot through the years, but like this is last year's format. Okay. So there were 28 performances. So okay. day one 
half the songs were performed. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Day one, they perform one. 14 songs and it takes six hours. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of filler in San Remo. Yeah, there would have to be. <laughs> like the show is not designed for TV. It's designed mm. for the people who are there experiencing okay. it. So in between each song, there's jib jabbing. There's some interval acts. There's nonsense. There's a lot of waiting time because I last I saw they still use a live orchestra. It's intense. So wow. day All one, right. you're sitting there for six hours waiting for these 14 hours to get their song done. The next day the other 14 songs go same thing six hours six hours of setup performance you know all that jazz to hear 14 more songs and then the the third day you get to hear all the songs again all 28 back to back (laughs) so it takes them two days to do all 28 songs and then on the third day they do 28 songs in a row in one day it's gonna be a long one (laughs) i don't understand why you couldn't just do that the first cut one night out (laughs) That one is regularly longer than six hours. Yikes. (laughs) The next day, day four, all 28 artists perform a cover of a classic song. It helps if it's an Italian song. It doesn't have to be. And you're allowed to perform and you're with a guest performer, you know, an Italian legend or Eurovision legend or just like a famous person to help you do the song. 28 covers. Jeez. And then on the last day, all 28 of the songs that want to go to Eurovision are performed again. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Three times? In case you forgot. But then the top five songs go on to a super final where they're performed again. So I went to Italy last year for a wedding. <laughs> I will say this system to me sounds very Italian where it's just like, well, this is the format we came up with. And this is how we're going to do it. And somebody could be like, well, why don't you cut the first night and, and do 28 songs and 28 songs? And they'd be like, no, 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 no. This is how we do it. And you're like, yeah, OK. <laughs> but like, why? though? Like I said, this is not a Eurovision contest. No, this it's is not. San Remo. Eurovision comes second. And we'll get to that in a second. And San Remo, all due respect to creating the thing that we now love. So I, I have to give you credit. But boy, this sounds like a lot of show. They really make you earn it. Yeah, for real. Voting happens all week long. Like you are you're watching these songs over and over again and you are voting the whole time. And maybe that third time you're like, now I know who I want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, I wasn't sure. The third time really sealed the deal for me. So they take the average of all the votes. They rank all 28 top five go on then everyone gets to vote again during the top five and the person who wins from the top five is given the opportunity number one they're the winner of san remo sure and the winner of san remo is then given the opportunity to say would you like to be our eurovision act for italy and there have been instances where the winner of san remo said no thank you i'm good wow after all that after all that it's like i was just here to win san remo Damn, <laughs> that's boss. That's a boss move. But it also a real testament to like, oh, San Remo must be a humongous deal in Italy. Absolutely. It's no joke. I can't promise that I'll finish this year's. I will try. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Maybe we should all take turns. Yeah. You watch one <laughs> night, night, I'll watch the other. <laughs> Jeremy, you'll watch cover night. I think what we should do for San Remo is like, how far did we get into San Remo? Oh, we'll all try. How far into San Remo did we get? 
what, what makes it really difficult is they don't preserve the contest. They don't put it on YouTube. They don't list it on their website. Or if they do, it's for an extremely short amount of time. Mm. So it's very difficult to watch. And it's very difficult to watch if you miss it. Yeah, it's sort of like watching it all at once. What a time crunch. Holy crap. Yeah, it's it's rough. Unless you've recorded it, you're on your own, kid. Dang. If you finish it, you're a Eurovision legend in my eyes. I don't know that we're going to do that. <laughs> Lastly, I'd like to talk about the exact opposite of San Remo, a national final that is steeped in no glory, no honor, no dignity. <laughs> and that is, of course, San Marino's national final, Univace for San Marino. Or if I may translate, a voice for San Marino. Whoa! You didn't tell me you were fluent in all these languages. Okay, Duolingo. <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to the Duolingo owl over here. It's me, Duo. Is that the owl's name? I believe his name is Duo. His name is Duo. He harasses me to do my lessons every day. What are you learning? I'm trying to learn French. It's not going well. <gasps> cool. I'm trying to learn Japanese. Wow. Jeremy? Uh, I did try to learn Dutch on there for a while. Look at us. Duolingo sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously. I'm too busy watching San Remo. I can't learn Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? I was like, I got 40 hours of San Remo to get through. <laughs> so, anyway. San Marino, they, look, I love that they're in the contest. They have not figured out how to send a, a good act yet. Sometimes they hit. I mean, may we never forget the amazing Sir Hat. Say na na na. That's right. That's, yeah. You remember him. Is that the biggest San Marino entry? It's the most popular San Marino entry and their most successful entry at Eurovision. Yeah. I will always tell you life is beautiful and fine. Say na na na. On the doctor's order, they say na na na. Remember Senit Adrenalina? That was a great song. I love that That's song. That's true. Didn't do very well, though. <laughs> Should have done better. Turns out Flo Rida was not the juice you needed to get across the finish line. Uh, yeah, I don't think so, yeah. Like, this contest, it's way too long. How long is it? Yeah, how like, how many songs are we talking? Well, they split the last contest. There were 104 songs. Come on. It was 20 songs a day, five days in a row. What is this, a wedding playlist? 104 songs? <laughs> Was, get out of here <laughs> what our wedding playlist notoriously long jeremy only goes to indian weddings apparently <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'm saying if you didn't hire a dj once like the reception heart starts sometimes you just put on the playlist and it's like that might have to go for five six hours you know true but i'm like 104 songs that to me is like you want to save a little money to hire a guy to be like no 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 <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it for free. <laughs> because the, they give preference to San Marinese artists. Sure. But you do not have to be there or even have like really any tie to it. I think one of these days we should submit a song <laughs> and see how it goes. Mm, 2025. Oh, my God. Best case scenario, we get to perform in San Marino. Best case scenario, we win your. Yeah, yeah that, like, <laughs> let's aim a little higher to be <laughs> I'm what you'd call a realist. <laughs> <laughs> this year, they're drawing all sorts of controversy. They want people to watch it. So they try sure. all these crazy stunts like, let's have a million songs. This year, they've tried something that is 
made everyone angry. Uh-oh. There will be one song assigned to an artist who did not write it. And this song, basically, they've set up a website. And they're like, hey, do you want to try writing a song for Unovace? All you have to do is use our AI songwriter to oh, write a song. No. And if your song is the one we like the most of all the AI songs, we'll pair it with an artist. And that song will be performed at Unovace. Wow. This poor artist who is going to be paired with the blandest, most generic song you've ever heard in your life. And let's be real, it will be Flo Rida. <laughs> Flo wants redemption. Maybe. Look, I'm going to make a prediction. That AI song, nil point, zero, nothing. No one's going to vote for that. I don't know. We'll see. It would be very interesting. I'm very curious to see. What if it's a bop, though? That would be the surprise of my life, is what I'll say. I would be shocked to death if that is true. If the AI song makes it to Eurovision, I'm going to make you a promise right now. This is my absolute promise. I swear I'll huh. do this. I, I will post photo here. evidence. If the San Marino AI song makes it to Eurovision, I will vote for it 20 times. Oh. Wow. You are wow. going to be locked into the worst song you've ever heard. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Look, it won't be number one on my list. I won't even make my list. I will vote for it 20 times. Wow. wow. Promise you that right now. That's a certified Eurovangelist promise, folks. Mm-hmm. All right. We have taken you through many a national final. So I hope maybe hearing about some of these. I mean, Sweden sounds like it's going to be a good time. I'm excited for Finland. Finland sounds like okay, it's going to be a good rip. time. If you're hungry for Eurovision, but you you don't want to watch old Eurovision, there's new Eurovision happening right now. It's just not the final yet. But then when you get to the final, you're going to be on the inside track. You're going to know everything about these artists. And mm-hmm. you're going to feel like, oh, man, this is my guy. This is my Finnish guy or girl or AI. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, not even a person. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. So if all this Eurovision talk's getting you hyped up, Try one of these national finals. I guarantee you're going to have a good time. You're going to hear some great music. You're going to be able to build out a Spotify playlist. It's going to be terrific. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about all these national finals. Hopefully it was not a San Remo length uh, affair for you. That's it for our guide to the national finals. Next week, we'll probably be talking about what happened at these national finals. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be great. I can't wait. We're finally starting to get the songs out. Um, the list is getting bigger every day. I can't wait to share these songs with you and see how many of them I like and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get on the national final schedule, check out the calendar events at EurovisionWorld.com. That will give you the dates and links to watch the competitions online. I can tell you that next week we will be talking about the winners of Luxembourg's national final and, of course, Dimitri's favorite, Ireland's Eurosong. If they pick the song I think they're going to pick, Ireland is back. Wow. Ooh, they're going for that eighth win, maybe. I think Sweden tying them has changed things. Ah, save it for next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Avida Zen. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Adios. Um, how do you say goodbye in Dutch? Get the Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Eurovangelist, your guide to the Eurovision Song Contest. Your hosts have been myself, Jeremy Bent, Oscar Montoya, and Dimitri Pompey. Our theme was arranged and recorded by Cody McCory and Faye Fatum, and the Eurovangelist logo was designed by Tom Deha. Production support for this show is provided by the Maximum Fun Network. In particular, Stacey Molsky and Laura Swisher. We call her the Swish. Eurovangelist was edited by myself, and audio mixing help was courtesy of the sound wizard himself, Shane O'Connell. 
You can find us on social media as at Eurovangelist on Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at Eurovangelist at gmail.com. Also follow the Eurovangelist account on Spotify and check out our playlist of Eurovision hits, competitors in every upcoming national final, and companion playlist to every single episode, including this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. We'll be right back.